these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. We were thinking about suspending Kyle indefinitely for the uh, the obscene Portland avatar that he's rocking here. You got the the Portland flannel, the Portland thick or just Pacific Northwest, the thick glasses, the the thick mustache. You're very, very Pacific Northwest here today. My uh, yeah, my parents are in town. Uh, I got this cool little jacket this week and uh, I just haven't stopped wearing it. And then I was on a meeting today with my real job and someone pointed out that I look just like a truck driver. So I am uh, I'm a zin away from just riding up and down I-29. But uh, it's also actually just, you look yeah. like you'd be the head of like a craft beer movement, which is a good segue oh. into shouting out our friend. You'd fit in with Modest. In fact, oh yes, absolutely. Good call. Modest Brewing in the North Loop. The Wolves, so they're, they're playing tonight against Dallas, but then they're back home on Saturday. Great place. Indiana's coming to town. And they're going to be mad because they didn't get that game ball from last oh night. Oh, God. Playing the Bucks. <laughs> a lot of drama about the game ball last night. But, uh, yeah, Modest Brewing, it's a great tap room in the North Loop. Just steps away from Target Center. Cans available in liquor stores throughout the metro area. So if you're looking for a spot to grab a beer or multiple before or after a Wolves game. Uh, and like I said, Saturday against Indiana could be a great, great spot for you. And maybe you can dress up like Kyle. A little mustache, some thick glasses, a trucker hat, and a flannel, and order your favorite modest craft brew. My, you, you've met my dad. He's a big fan of you. Bigger fan of you than he is of me, ironically. Uh, but he has a good mustache, <laughs> so I was proud to like show him that as they came out. I did say I would delete this thing if they lost two games in a row, which Alan Horton had. I had said last time we recorded that the Wolves hadn't lost two regular season games, I think, since March 31st. Um, Allen took it a step further, and the Wolves are the only team in the league that hasn't lost back-to-back games, is what I think he tweeted. So that's another fun stat. Uh, they do play the Mavericks tonight. I think the Mavs will be at not full strength. No Kyrie, think, it sounds like. Yeah, and Luka is Luka, but, uh, I don't, and I don't know if Ant's going to play or any of that stuff, but they have a good good matchup tonight. I think the Mavericks are my new fraud of the year. I just don't think they're that good. I think Luka's awesome, but... They just rely heavily on guys that are pretty hit or miss. So should be a good game tonight. But I know we have more fun things we want to talk about today because yeah. nothing's happened since we last recorded. Well, well, nothing's happened in terms of the Wolves playing a game. But mm-hmm. let's get into some of this this Draymond stuff. We Obviously, we went heavy the day mm-hmm. after he tried to choke out Rudy Gobert. And I think our biggest praise for the Wolves that night was nice job, not freaking out, not getting a bunch of players ejected. It, it took them like three more quarters to lock it back in against the Warriors backups. But it was a very business-like, professional, mature victory after one of the least mature, least professional things that's ever been done on a basketball court. And then Draymond Green comes back again here, and he just straight off turns around and, and like literally punches uh, – was it Yurkic? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah Yusuf Nurkic for uh, Nurkic. the Suns. Yep. yep. Just literally like – hauls off and right hooks him upside the head and then tries to play it off like, I didn't mean to. He is suspended indefinitely. I'm torn on this because on one hand, dude, get the hell out of here. Like, what are you doing? Uh, And then from the NBA standpoint, if you don't levy some sort of really heavy-handed suspension and we don't know how long it's going to be, players are going to start to take matters into their own hands. I mean, if if I'm out there and I'm looking around, wait a second, this we're not going to punish this dude for more than like a couple of games? Okay, well, he needs to be taught a lesson. So the league has to teach him a lesson. But I also kind of just feel, I don't say feel bad for him, but there's clearly something wrong or something missing. Like there's like a chip or something off with him. 
you don't just go from, hey, we're playing a basketball game and things are a little bit chippy and physical to I'm going to try and black you out with a rear naked chokehold. Like, why is he operating on such a stressful level, I guess, is my biggest question. But what, what did you make of just the latest? I think the Wolves kind of started this, <laughs> you know, unbeknownst to them. Um, and now Draymond is out indefinitely. Yeah. Did the Minnesota Timberwolves end the Golden State Warriors dynasty? Next on Undisputed. Like, that's how, <laughs> that's how you would take it, right? Uh, I, I'm with you. I, the punch was just so egregious in the moment, too. It was kind of weird because I think Stan Van Gundy was on the call, and he was kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. It's like, no, it's not a whatever. And we have no journalistic integrity on this show, and we just like to make jokes. But there does come a time where it's like it's so far removed from basketball that it just takes away from, like, I mean, this season has been so fun. The in-season tournament was a success. The, you know, the competitiveness in both conferences is every night there's a new team in first. There's just crazy. I mean, there's so many good teams right now. The league is loaded. So I actually thought the punch on Nurkic wasn't any more egregious than what he did to Gobert. Like, I, I, I do still think we kind of underplayed how random that was. That was different because he was in. There was a skirmish that he was apparently trying to break up. But he, like, just choked a guy. Like, I just, I don't know, that just is so weird to me, and it could have gotten so much worse. And I remember yeah. still as a kid where I was in my parents' basement watching TV in my room when, like, the malice at the palace happened. Yeah, and I know I'm too. connecting one thing to, like, a further out thing, but it's just, you know, you just don't need that. I mean, he got ejected, I think, against the Kings last season where he was, like, almost standing on the bench, like, riling up the fans. Uh, and it's just embarrassing. As much as like I embarrass myself and I say stupid things, like there does come a point where it's like, hey, you're a professional, like be a professional. So I'm glad. I mean, an indefinite suspension. I was doing like a side wager with my friends on five games, ten games. Indefinite seems even more embarrassing because then they started to use things like, hey, you need to get help, right? And I don't know how he's gonna. He's a tough guy. Like that's like his persona, and it, and it's worked for him. He's won you know four rings, and he's made it out of of Michigan and he he's a success story, but I don't know, man, like he, he, I don't know when he can come back. I mean, if you want to suspend John Morant and again, guns are totally different than what Draymond's going on, but the NBA just had enough with John. They're like, no, well, you're done for a quarter of the season. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Draymond for like a month. Well, th just real quick. And not to, not that we need to like compare. This is way too serious. Or, but We're like yelling at people. And like, it, look at us. <laughs> well, but hold on because you bring up the jaw thing and, I understand that the NBA, when they when they hand down suspensions, some of it is, did you do something against the rules? Did you do mm -hmm. something against the CBA? Did you do something against the law? Uh, did you do something to hurt the image of the league? So it's not just like what's interesting, though, is I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, Ja didn't do anything illegal. Like he didn't break any laws that we that we know of. But he was just sort of recklessly representing the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies and multiple times after being told stop, right? Mm -hmm. You could argue that Draymond Green is breaking the law on a basketball court with the two incidents that have gotten him suspended this year. Mm -hmm. Rear naked choke holding another human being, not in self-defense, by the way. The skirmish had nothing to do with him. He's literally just inserting himself and trying to choke another man out. Mm -hmm. And then a really benign basketball play where Nurkic is just, you know, he's, I don't know, he's tugging at the jersey a little bit, maybe a little bit of contact. We've seen way more contact on 30 other possessions in that game, probably. And his response is to turn around and 
right hook him upside the head. Physical violence. So, and then to your point about the the indefinite suspension, it it really is. I mean, it's it's saying, hey, let's all just take a deep breath here. We don't know how long you're going to have to be out because we don't know how much work needs to be done under the hood, which is like mm-hmm. a really mm-hmm. condescending thing yeah. and yeah. emasculating thing to say uh-huh. to an NBA tough guy. Mm-hmm. And then the reaction from his peers, the players, right? Nurkic post-game press conference, Kevin Durant, some other guys. It's not, boy, he better, next time we see him, he's got something coming. It's literally like, man, we just kind of feel sorry for that guy. He's like going through it. And like Kevin Durant said, yeah, it's not really the guy that I was teammates with a few years ago. So hopefully that guy can get some help for whatever he's going through. It's like he's not even riling anyone up anymore. It's just like, yeah, let's just remove this guy and maybe send him to a therapist for a month and see what happens. And, and, you know, I've been pretty open here about like mental health and stuff. And if that's what's in play here, I mean, I, I also get defensive of it too, because there are times, and I don't know about this. I don't know everything involved here, but there are times too, where people use it as like an excuse or something. And it's like mental health is a real thing. And I don't think we should use it just to cover up other just piss poor actions. I think Draymond has some piss poor actions here, but I also too, building on your point and the players responses after the Gobert thing like we we talked about Pat Bev on here. We talked about some other guys. Then yesterday it was like Gilbert Arenas came out and it was basically showed. And I don't really like Gilbert Arenas, but he had like this trend of he's basically going at all the Euros, like all these situations. Rudy Gobert, Nurkic, Sabonis, they're all European players. Um, I think uh, Nick Young, Swaggy P, also said that he's like he's going after these foreign players. So I don't know what that is. Tom Haverstor did like a deep dive, but all yeah. in all, it just it. I enjoy the NBA, and I also enjoy some of the other stuff that comes with the NBA. Um, I like transactions. I like the drama. I like chasing around Instagram likes and stuff. But this isn't any of that. This is just, again, these are all tough, super athletic individuals that are 260, 270. They can hold their own. But it's just it's taking away from, I was really excited to watch Suns Warriors that night. And he's pulling himself off the court. And to me, it all kind of summarizes, and I kind of said this in the moment when the Warriors Wolves fight happened, but uh, I still like lis- listening to Bill Simmons. I might be in the minority there, but I still like I listening too. to it. Yeah, and he's been having Doc Rivers on periodically. Yeah. I think Doc is great because he does. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, he does. He, he 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 does promote himself a little bit, but he also just kind of fires from the hip, and that's my favorite thing about when you get these players or these coaches on pods. But he had a really good take on Simmons earlier this week, where he said that Warriors fight with the Wolves was a really eye-opening thing for doc because it showed that the warriors looked across the ring looked across the court and were like they're 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 passing us like we're, we're falling behind now and it made them like i don't know panic i mean you saw how clay thompson reacted clay thompson's been a shell of himself so i think you saw a dynasty that might be on its last leg see this team that has more size has more athleticism is coached better i mean the warriors are not well coached this year we i've gone in on steve kerr and how many bad decisions he's made going back to Team USA. So you're just starting to see, I mean, this is how it ends, right? This is this is what happens, whether it be yeah. with adults or dynasties or the, organizations. The cleanest one was the Bulls. But the Bulls one left us all unfulfilled because, like, oh, man, yeah. it's their second yeah. three-peat. You can't yeah. break this thing up. But what would have happened if they would have tried again for another year or two? Dennis Robin probably hauls off and punches people like Draymond Green and Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan are aging out. It's like, yeah, most dynasties, there's not like a clean break. Even the Spurs, to some extent, you had 
Kawhi Leonard had had like the mystery injury and he's mm-hmm. sitting out. I mean, at least age was kind of the main reason why why that team faded out. But they also like took a step. They were getting beat in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, there's really it's there's no clean way to say, all right, that was a great dynasty. Okay, everyone, uh, we're gonna go our own separate ways and this is gonna be great. Shaq and Kobe, tell my tell me how my ass tastes. Yeah. Remember that whole thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean when 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 this is all said and done and the and the Jaden and Ant dynasty breaks up and they've only won four titles instead of six, uh yep. I'm sure it'll be messy too and it'll be a great thirty for thirty. But yeah, I mean the Warriors wake up this morning and it really did I joke, but it really did start to fall apart with that first Wolves game in Golden State because then Draymond was suspended for five games and I think Steph was out and they just started to lose a bunch of games. They wake up this morning, they're 10 and 13. They're seven and a half games back of the Wolves. Uh, The last time they played the Warriors, or they played the Suns, they closed with basically Steph and a bunch of young guys. So that all kind of segues into just another random thought that was in my head. But Friday, tomorrow is uh, December 15th. So starting tomorrow is when you're going to see trade season kick off because all the guys that signed contracts this summer are now eligible to be traded. So I think the Golden State Warriors will be as much in the mix as anyone when it comes to trades. And I don't know what trade makes sense from the Wolves and Warriors standpoint. I guess maybe like Leonard Miller for Steph. But uh, <laughs> you got you you to make the call, right? You got to yeah, pull so the off. Starting tomorrow, it's going to get chaotic for many reasons. Not only because Draymond doesn't you know, really have a job indefinitely, but also because... They're going to be a team that, and you're going to start to see that too. We've talked about a little bit, like, could the Wolves trade Kyle Anderson? Could the Wolves package Shake Milton and a young guy and some picks? But trade season starts tomorrow, really starts tomorrow. And it's, I think, a two-month sprint because the deadline is sometime in February. So the Wolves will be one of many teams that I think are buyers that are looking to improve, looking to consolidate maybe, you know, a couple guys into one guy they can bring off the bench. So mm-hmm. the NBA is only getting juicier, even though, the in-season tournament ended. Uh, the NBA really starts to take off this week in these next couple of weeks. Yeah. What do you? In, in, real quick on the Warriors front. Let's let's come yeah. back to trades. I love that you opened the trades door because You're welcome. We we can talk about that. You know, it's also a reckless speculation Thursday across Score North. Mm. Reckless so, speculation. It's a safe space to speculate recklessly about how to improve our teams. But on the Warriors, real quick, because one of the things we talked about too, when the when the Wolves went in and beat them in back-to-back games. We both came out of that. Probably I even I took it a step further, which I always do. And I said, (laughs) I think Anthony Edwards was the best player on the court, period, like for the season over over Steph Curry. Now, Steph Curry has has been the only thing recognizable on that team from the actual Warriors dynasty years. So so I probably took a step too far there. But that team is currently 11th in the Western Conference standings. One through six get to a playoff series seven through 10 play in, right? So they're mm-hmm. on the outside of the play in right now. They're two and a half games behind the Suns, who I would expect to climb at some point. Mm-hmm. They are three games behind the Rockets, Clippers and Pelicans. I think if Zion can play enough games and we talked about that a couple days ago on the show, like that team is really good. That That's a 14 and 11 team. But when they're fully stocked, that's that's probably one of the four or five best teams easy in the Western Conference. I guess my question is, who are the Warriors climbing? I guess you could look and say the Rockets. Like, do the, the Rockets are off to a fun start. They're 12 and 9. They're young, but they're also well coached. I don't know who they're climbing at this point. I feel like the Wolves, you're right. You're kind of joking, but just as much as getting Draymond suspended and 
putting a light shine on him. I think the Wolves beating that team back-to-back nights and we came on the show the next day and we're like, oh yeah, if, the, if those two teams play in a playoff series, maybe a gentleman sweep in five mm-hmm. games. But mm-hmm. the, the Wolves are definitively better than the Warriors. Unless they make a big trade, I don't know that that team is a is a playing team right now. Is that a hot take? No, and it's 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 the nuance that is so not built for like Twitter is the the Timberwolves are better than the Warriors. Just pause, like that's it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that the Timberwolves are as successful as the Warriors or that you know they didn't mess up not drafting Steph. Like yes, make fun of the Minnesota Timberwolves for basically every day of the year for the last nineteen years. But now, like, this is how, right, trends work, and you got to be ahead of things rather than behind. I just don't see, I mean, the the Warriors have lost eight more games already, and now they don't have their best defensive player, and they're getting nothing from Klay Thompson. You want to talk about trades. Uh, They did get a ring from the infamous D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins swap, and I I would literally cut off my arm for a championship banner and ring. But since then, the Wiggins stuff has been so bad again. Like, go search Warriors Twitter. They are so over him. They extended him. They're kind of stuck with him. Uh, I don't know. Would you trade – contracts don't really work here, but would you trade Mike Conley straight up for Andrew Wiggins right now, which is kind of what it ended up being? Like, hell no. You know so, what's funny? You you kind of you had texted just that as one of our just I just fleeting thoughts before things. the show. Like, hey, like let's let's touch on this Wiggins thing. So I was just kind of mapping this out. In retrospect, what an amazing series of transactions! So oh, it's so fun. It's so you fun. start with Andrew Wiggins, who if there I started blabbing into a microphone on a daily basis in 2010, part time from like 2005 through 10. But I've like inexplicably had a microphone every day talking about Minnesota sports starting in 2010 on my Mount Rushmore of players. I have been the hardest on (laughs) Kirk Cousins, probably up there. I think people would say, okay, Miguel Sano, um, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns at times more recently, but Andrew Wiggins might be number one. Yep. It always bothered me how that dude just, he would sleepwalk for 35 minutes. He just discovered rebounding with the Warriors, you know, eight years into his career. You know, he just, he was just taking a nap out there for six years as a number one overall pick. He Now, it's not his fault that the Wolves said, you, we're going to trade for you to come in here and be the centerpiece and save our crumbling mm-hmm. franchise. But you wind up shoving him out the door and his contract and you bring, now you had to attach a first round pick. So it was Wiggins in a first-round pick, right, for the, D'Lo. The, the Timberwolves essentially traded Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, that, who was that first-round pick, and a future second for Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, yep. Leonard Miller, and two future seconds. And then I said this back in November. There's like some Omari Spellman mixed in there. I think he might be playing in China or on the moon now. But uh, that's it. So take 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 it away. But, but, yeah, it's but in the that middle of that, that yep, yeah, but in the middle of that, you got like – two or three years of D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. And, and by the end, it was it, it was clear that you're not going to resign him and he just wasn't. But you needed D'Angelo Russell to go from being a non-playoff team yep. to a team that could win, be competitive, win 40 games a couple years. Like he was a talented player that fit, fit well in what you were trying to build. So it, yeah, so you, you say goodbye to Wiggins. You get D'Lo as a transitional guy that helps you go from you know a 30-win team to a 40-win team. And then when you decide, okay, how do we go from 40 wins to 50 wins? Well, D'Lo's probably not part of that process. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll kick two months of his expiring contract to the curb, 
and get an adult point guard here who facilitates plus Nikhil Alexander Walker. And like, that's a great I, series of transactions, right? I think that when you and I read our, our book down the road, I think the D'Lo tenure in Minnesota, in my mind, will be looked at through my eyes as a much more of a positive than it will be a negative. Because I yeah. also, too, maybe we'll never confirm this. Maybe we'll get this on the record one day. But when the Tom Thibodeau stuff kind of boiled over to the point where they brought in Ryan Saunders and it was really bad, there was a moment there where it seemed like, you know, if Carl wanted to demand a trade, you would understand it. Because that's what these guys do, right? Like they've been mistreated. They've had so much turnover in the organization. They're like, I, I just, I want a fresh start. And I still think the D'Lo bridge bridged that and kept Carl around because at the time they were really good buds, those two and Devin Booker. And yeah, and then D'Lo was, you know, during COVID, we're all on Zoom. Like he was the representative that put his finger up when they won the Ant Draft lottery. So yeah. I think I think D'Lo's tenure here allowed them to kind of dig themselves out a little bit of a, of the basement, have a little stability. But then, like you said, then they realized they got Tim Connolly in here. We need to make one more adult-type transaction, and they did that. But you really can tie seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, Andrew Wiggins, right to Mike Conley and the <laughs> stuff that came in the Mike Conley trade. And it... Uh, it's, it's really fascinating. I mean, as much as Gobert's been great and as much as the 2020 draft class has changed the foundation of this team moving forward, uh, that Wiggins for D'Lo, D'Lo for Mike Conley and stuff has altered the franchise almost as much as anything else. We should almost do like we should just launch a separate podcast where we do Minnesota sports trade lineage. That'd be where so we start fun. with so okay, funny. I mean, we'd the be Kevin drunk. Garnett trade and then Sad. do all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, the saddest one, man, the, you're a twins fan, right? You're yeah. A Minnesota oh, twins yeah. Fan. So the twins in 2007, I believe it was the winter meetings going into like the 2008 season. They said, hey, we're probably not gonna be able to resign Johan Santana. So mm-hmm. he's got one year left. We got it. We got to. Unfortunately, we got to trade Johan Santana and. I've never found out exactly what they passed on, but there was a a bunch of rumors like early in that offseason that for baseball fans, you'll know these names. The Red Sox had some star young players like Jacoby Ellsbury and I think John Lester. These guys mm-hmm. wind up being, you know, all-star players. The Yankees had guys. They had like Melky Cabrera, who was a really good hitter f- for a few years. And even Phil Hughes was a, was a top prospect, had a couple good years. But the Twins kind of waited it out. And they they work a deal with the Mets for Carlos Gomez and a few like three other minor league players. One of them actually, Phil Umber, did throw a no hitter or a perfect game with a different team, yep. like the White Sox. I remember but that. Just kind of like three guys who never really amounted to anything. So all right, so Carlos Go- Johan Santana for Carlos Gomez. Okay, let's ride. A couple years of Gomez, he never lived up to it, and they're like, ah, you know, it's just not really working with Carlos Gomez. Let's trade him for shortstop uh, J.J. Hardy. We're going to trade him for J.J. Hardy to the Brewers. Good, good, solid shortstop. Hardy has wrist issues in his one year with the, the Twins. He's just like like the worst year of his career with the Twins. Like, okay, it's not really working out with J.J. Hardy. We need some pitching. Let's just trade him for Jim Hoey, who's a flame-throwing reliever with, <laughs> was it the Orioles? I think it was the Orioles. So they wind up, like if you follow the trade lineage, they basically traded Johan Santana. Four years later, they wind up with Jim Hoey in their right hand. <laughs> But there's we could do a hundred of these. I feel like for Timberwolves, for twins, and that was and that was talking baseball on Flagrant House. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. I think it, like I was when you were saying that in the lineage of a trade. I think of like Robert Covington and just all the lineage of like 
when he came in here and then when they traded him away and just, I mean, you could do that with so many, it would be, it'd be a great podcast just locally too, right? Of all the Minnesota teams and who they traded and what that become became. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen again with the Gobert stuff, right? Like when you ex- trade that many future first, we're basically going to talk about the Gobert trade, despite my best wishes until I'm like 50. Because in 2029, if they give up a pick and that pick five years later becomes an all-star, it'll be 2034. And I'll be like, oh, my God, that kid who is probably now six years old is like he's running the league. I'm like, oh, and then I'm going to get made fun of on whatever X has sold to and become. And I'm like, oh, people are making fun of me and I'm 50 years old. And I think like it's one thing when you when you trade Kevin Garnett in 2007 for future assets. Mm hmm. Okay, you're going to be judged on how those future assets, like the success of that trade. And yeah, you could say like process. It's a process success if you get enough draft picks, whatever. And then it's kind of up to the basketball gods. But you're going to be judged on how well do those future assets become good. Like, did any of them be now? The funny thing is, if the Wolves had used, didn't they get a 2009 first round pick that they one of those picks? I think they took either Johnny Flynn or Ricky Rubio. If they they take. If yeah. they take Steph Curry instead, now all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, the Wolves flipped aging Kevin Garnett for Steph Curry, and there's a different story. It, but if it's the other way around, I feel like when you give up future assets for an established player, mm-hmm. you're conceding, oh, those future assets are probably going to turn into something great for that team, but that's neither here nor there because right now we need this established player to help us get to the next level. So I don't even really care if the if Utah's picks turn out to be they could have the next Michael Jordan, and it's like the Wolves needed a star player right now for Anthony Edwards and for Carl yeah. Anthony Towns and this team right here. So. And, and Ross made a good point in the chat. Uh, we still, I mean, you do Purple Daily, which is the most successful football podcast in America. We still talk about Herschel Walker trade. It's pretty pretty close. I wouldn't say it's the most successful. Is it? <laughs> well, the numbers I ran. But like Herschel Walker is a thing as a Vikings fan, however old you are, you still kind of bring it up, right? So. We're going to talk about the Rudy Gobert trade, even if it leads to titles or it leads to complete destruction for the next 10 years. I mean, I still going back to this would be another episode in the new pod we dropped. But uh, like the Kevin Love rumors back then where they were like Kevin Love for Clay Thompson. I mean, not only would that have been wild in retrospect, but how would that have changed the league? Because then not only does Kevin Love not go to Golden State, he goes to Cleveland. Cleveland plays Golden State. They win a title. They lose a title. Like it's just. Yeah. That would Does be, Golden State still win titles? Do they still bring in Kevin Durant? Do they, you know, what does, does Draymond that look like? Green choke out Rudy Gobert if the Wolves <laughs> trade Kevin Love to the Warriors? Next on Undisputed. Yeah, that's uh, all. I these, got. Are all these are all great, great, great questions for a Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. Just going through trade lineage over the course of fifteen years. Um, I think we should jump into a random wolf of the week here. That's what okay. I think. After I we shout out a couple of friends, I want to see if I can get on the board. We just named a bunch of random wolves there too. Maybe maybe the answer. I was, was I was struggling when you're like, hey, let's record today, and it's like, ah, uh, what do, what do we have to talk about? Let's do thirty minutes on the Warriors. Let's do thirty yeah, minutes on it. the Warriors and uh, and trade lineage, and here we are. Uh, so our friends over at Sound Story mm. are here with a great concept for a holiday gift for you. So. I've told you guys before. In fact, yesterday would have been uh, my grandfather, who I never met. He died 16 years before I was born. Yesterday would have been his 115th birthday. So wow. He would have been pretty old. And I've never heard his voice. I've never heard his stories. I've never heard from his own voice. I've never, like, we were actually listening to my wife and I. Uh, we've saved, like, voice memos from my dad who yeah. died a year ago. And it was kind of fun just going back and listening to some of that random stuff. Like, oh, it's my dad's voice. 
Well, that's where Sound Story comes in. Think of it like a podcast in which the guest is one of the most important people in your life, your mom, your dad, your grandpa, your grandma, capturing those childhood memories, those career accomplishments, the story about how they met their spouse. With Sound Story, you can go on mysoundstory.com. It starts at $3.99, but you can get 10% off with a promo code PURPLE at mysoundstory.com. And you can choose a professional interviewer. I am on that list in the Minneapolis-St. Paul section to sit down and capture audio and even video if you want in a studio setting of your loved one telling stories. MySoundStory.com, promo code PURPLE, 10% off a gift certificate. Sound story for you, for them, forever. So I've had uh, uh, a number of people, I think I saw like 12 the other day have jumped in. I'm going to try and schedule these out here in like January and February, but I am pumped. Get to meet a bunch of new people and help you guys tell your your stories. Also, on a totally different note, Kyle, our friends at Popped Corn are here with a delicious oh, snack for you. Hell yeah. This holiday season. Popped Corn has over 80 flavors of small batch popcorn to make your holiday gift giving pop. They even have special Timberwolves tins that you can get access to. Uh, we've got a couple in our office. In fact, let me see here. This is going to be a janky way to do it. But uh, if I could go widescreen here, Roscoe. Can you here? Let's let's do this. We're just moving around. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, you Let's asked me to it. upload right this, here. and I even did. Look at this. There's a. See, can you see the wolves oh, yeah. tin right there? Right there, there we go. Oh, that yeah. looks. I need some. I need a tin in the <laughs> worst way. We Kyle, we opened it. No, we opened it in a meeting yesterday, and I think I ate half the tin. <laughs> Dude, the me. Yeah, the meeting was like, all right, we got to talk about something really important here. It's four people, and it's like. I have an important thought on this thing. We're all just shoving popcorn. <laughs> That's poppedcorn.com. Popped, P-O-P-P-E-D, corn.com. Amazingly creative flavors and uh, Minnesota sports tins as well. So, so is that is, – I don't, I don't know if they offer this, and if they do, I'm going to order 19 of them. But uh, there's nothing better as we get closer to Christmas or whatever holiday you're celebrating but just – when you sit down with one of those big tins and it's got like oh. the divider in it, and it's like oh, yeah. cheese. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and you can like customize popcorn. your divided flavors oh. too. Oh, my God. Dude, it's bad. If you want to just watch a full day of basketball on Christmas and just, I mean, and popcorn is one thing. I think it's healthy for you. Uh, don't don't fact check that. Um, but it seems like it's healthy for you. So the more you eat, the it's holiday like, it's season, a, man. It's like celery, right? It's like a negative calorie. So uh, if anything today you've learned, Carlos Gomez, uh, history and popcorn is good for you. Yeah. And I, I think the negative calories, they don't count in December. I think you're good. Yeah, that's December, yeah. December one, yeah. cancels everything out pretty yep. much. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, and even if it doesn't, good. then January, you can just, you know. It's you the know, other yeah, 11 yeah. months that, you know, will help out. Those count, yeah. 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 So random wolf of the week here. Ross, our producer, is in. We've done four of these. Uh, this will be the fifth one. Kyle has a 4 nothing lead all time. Correctly guessing Antoine Walker, J.J. Barea, Jalen Noel, and Sebastian Telfair last week. Ross is going to throw out a series of clues. We get to uh, shout out answers, however they pop into our heads. If you guess wrong three times, you're out, and the other person gets an automatic win. That's how Declan won. I think it was a couple weeks ago. He won uh, Random Viking of the Week when I just like rifled off three dumb guesses, and he's like, oh, Willie Offord. I don't know who that is, but I'll take the victory. Willie Offord. Wow. Early 2000s Vikings There's a name for you. Yeah. So, All right, boys. How do you feel about this? You ready? Oh, I'm always ready. I, I well, started very hesitant, and now this is easily my favorite segment I do every week on any pod. <laughs> yeah, I based am on... more, more confident than I should be having gotten smoked four times. Yet. <laughs> I'm ready. You haven't made a basket yet, and <laughs> just keep... feels just like, watch me cook. 
Phil's like the jobber and wrestler. Everybody knows he's going to lose except for Phil. Yeah, All right, yeah, here yeah. we here we go. <laughs> this wolf of the week gentleman was born in Salisbury, North Carolina. Salisbury, North Carolina. Okay. This wolf of the week was a first round pick in the NBA draft. First round pick, born in Salisbury, North Carolina. This wolf of the week is currently 50 Five zero years old. I have a guess. Hold on, let me do math. Uh, he's probably not this old, but is it Will Avery? Uh-uh. It is not Will mm. Avery. Who does a better buzzer, you or me? I kind of yeah. like mine. I'm, pr- I'm pretty used to buzzing myself in this game. For Yours is very guess. professional and well done. This Wolf of the Week gentleman played in 123 games for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 123 games. This Wolf of the Week started just 22 games over that 123-game stretch. Kyle is really thinking about this one. Really thinking about it. Well, this this, he's 50. Okay, we're going to hang on that. He's 50. This Wolf of the Week gentleman played guard. So he would have been. Did, okay, okay. Okay, hold on. This. Still the motor's, still the motor's running in my brain now a little bit. I, I, there's like 12 guys it could be, but I won't say anything yet. Kyle wants more clues. Mm-hmm. Phil is thinking he might have a guess. I do have another guess, but... I also then then I get nervous about being wrong twice, and now I have one strike left. So I'm trying to. But then Kyle's going to come in on his first guest and probably just nail it. So I, maybe I should just be aggressive. <laughs> well, should we see if this next clue helps yeah. you? Okay. Next. This wolf of the week averaged nine point seven points per game over his twelve year career. That's pretty good. Okay, keep coming, Ross. This is where I think it may start to turn a little bit. This Wolf of the Week last played for Sacramento. Anthony Peeler. Eh, eh. Oh, really? By the way, this Uh, Wolf of the Week. No, no, no. I'll get... So, so, So just for the listeners at home, as we continue to develop this game... (laughs) <laughs> Phil has one more guess, and if Phil were to be wrong, <laughs> you just win. You win. Yep. And you know that I'm desperate here, too. So, Okay, but now... You could let me just choke myself out here. I could you, just Draymond Green myself here, you, and you would win. You kind of have almost a free guess here. It still counts, but you're you're way we, up here. No, th- no, I'm a, no I'm Kyle. Kyle. I'm feeling very uh, sympathetic, so I don't think... Anthony Peeler, by the way, was on what I wrote down. So Phil burned that one for me. There is a, that makes me think of someone, but I know your next clue is going to be even better, and I want to dunk on that one because I, I bet you I know what the next clue is. This wolf of the week is currently an NBA assistant coach. Bobby Jackson, Eastern God. Ha- Phil Mackey. Yes, He's go. on the board, ladies and gentlemen. I was. You're on the board. That did that did nothing for me. The assistant coach. I did think I knew knew that. 
but the one Ross, do you have a, how many more clues do you have? Just wondering, number-wise. Yeah, go oh, the a, rest of your clues. Yeah, a fair amount, but they get, they get a bit easier. So this Wolf of the Week played college basketball in the Big Ten. He played for the Gophers. That he did. Yep, That's he did. what yep. I would have gotten it. Okay. Yep. This Wolf of the Week played for six different NBA franchises. Uh, this okay. one's a little random, but this Wolf of the Week ended one decade and began another decade as a member of the Timberwolves. 1999 and 2000. Yeah. See, when you said he was 50 years old, I was trying to do the math. Okay, so he was 22 in 1995, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that math. He had right. a pretty darn good NBA career. He So now I had to go on Wikipedia. Jackson graduated from Salisbury High School in 92. He attended Western Nebraska Community College and later the U of M, Minnesota. As a Golden Gopher, Bobby Jackson led Minnesota to a Final Four where they lost two... Arizona, UCLA. the Kentucky Wild, Kentucky. <laughs> that yeah, then Ari- yeah, Kentucky. Wait, then did Arizona. Name, did we just name the Final Four? Then Arizona won the rest. Maybe of it. I don't know. Yeah. I, Arizona beat Kentucky that year, right? That was Mike Bibby. Also, I think we just- might have just named the Final Four for that nineteen. The nineteen ninety seven Final Four was Arizona. No, the, Go- the Gophers beat UCLA in oh, the Carolina Elite Eight. Was the other one? Yeah, the Gophers they did beat-, beat. They did beat UCLA. Yeah, yeah. Here are the <laughs> other. Here are the fun ones where you guys absolutely would have nailed it. Uh, this Wolf of the Week was known for his sock game in the NBA and around the state of Minnesota. High socks. socks yeah. Although not technically true, per Ross's own eyes, this Wolf of the Week played in a Final Four. This yeah, wolf the, ba- of the-, they, they, the banners have been... The, apparently the They're banners gone. are like rolled up and <laughs> under the bleachers somewhere at Williams Arena. Uh, this Wolf of the Week shares a last name with the King of Pop. Okay. If, you guys if, we would, if we'd still be Bobby sitting here Bieber? at this point. Oh. <laughs> And the last Bobby, one is Bobby, it, Bobby. It is alleged that this uh, Wolf of the Week didn't always do his own homework while attending the University of Minnesota. What's funny is like of all the scandals we've now seen in college sports. I mean, college sports literally now it's like we have like NIL funds that are some are legal, some yeah. aren't. We had at one point didn't North we have, Carolina uh, had l- fake classes. Yeah, fake yep, classes. Yep. Dude, Louisville had a prostitution ring at one point on campus. <laughs> yes. And the Gopher basketball team in the late 90s had they had someone writing papers for them. You know, it's like, you know I, what? I, this is so not related, but I just saw on, on Twitter yesterday that the University of Utah has like a big NIL program. Yeah. brought the basketball teams, I think both men's and women's and gymnastics, like to the basketball arena. And they awarded them with their choice of like a 2024 F-250 pickup yes. or a 2024 Jeep. And I was just like, it kind of caught me. I'm not I'm in my mid-30s, but I was like, we have come so far from like like uh, a so-and-so in college basketball got a water bottle paid for them. And now they have to sit out March Madness. It's like they just got F-250s. Yeah. That, like, same, that same NIL group, Kyle, yeah. did the same thing for... 80 scholarship football players all got trucks. <laughs> Isn't that Anyone would like to yeah. give me a truck. I will it, literally do whatever ten, you want. 10 years do. ago, I remember, so we used to do our, our, when we did radio shows on 1500 ESPN, and, and we did, I think it was the old Roycey and Mackey show. So we were doing a three-hour show every day at the State Fair, and um, the Gopher women's basketball team brought up Rachel Bannum. When mm. she was like, she, this is when she was putting up like 40 or 50 points and Kobe Bryant was calling her Mamba on Twitter and stuff. And so she comes up on stage, does an interview, super fun. And we had maroon and gold themed 1500 ESPN t-shirts. And so after the interview, we just grabbed one of the t-shirts and we we're just, we we're giving these away to people in the audience. And we tossed her a t-shirt. And she said, thank you. 
and someone from the university like stops her before she gets off stage and says, that's a violation. You can't take a free t-shirt. You can't, you can't take anything. And so she had, she had to give the t-shirt back. And now we're literally giving out trucks to, <laughs> to 80 players. I'll tell my grandkids one day that the reason I didn't play college athletics is because I like free stuff. Had nothing yeah, to do with my lack of athleticism or my, my 6-1 frame. Uh, so we have gone through Bobby Jackson, uh, Carlos Gomez, a football player that Phil named that I still don't know. That was uh, who did who did you deck? Willie Offord. Willie Offord. He was okay. a uh, defensive back for the Vikings like twenty years ago. Yeah. This, is, this might be this might go down as my favorite pod. Also, I, I meant to say this at the top Tuesday. Phil, I wanted to say it today and I forgot, but we kind of hinted at it like in the last thirty seconds on Tuesday. We got Neverminds on TV broadcast. Yeah, how about that? Right. I want let's, let's hear it for us. I don't know. Like I said I, I don't care who started it. I sh- Michael Grady and Jim Pete were so nice to us last Friday during the Grizzlies game, saying our name, saying my name right. Uh, but well, I you was, you remember you originally coined it because we were trying to figure out like a year ago what do we call this, and you're like, let's call it a Mackie. Like I don't know if that's gonna stick. I'm glad that you say. finally found an actual name. You you've you've honed in on the marketing and the branding of it. The never mind. It's a it's a Kyle Tige production here. The Nevermind. And and like I said, if Michael Grady wants it, it's his. He's a legend. I just uh, it was cool to see in that moment that it was like something stupid that you create has now been posted out there. But a cool way to promote this podcast. And that's all I have. I, it was there's nothing has happened since the Wolves last lost a game, and we'll see tonight. Uh, can they continue their streak of not losing two in a row? But Flagrant House, your favorite podcast yeah. for hot stove talk. And, you know, this is the benefit of building up a cushion when you get off to a hot start like this. You know, so the Wolves lost their last game. I thought you were talking um, about the podcast. Like, we've been doing really uh, well on the ratings, so yeah. we'll just talk about baseball <laughs> today. <laughs> the Wolves haven't won a game in six days, right? It's been, it's been <laughs> six days. And they still hold a two-game lead in the Western Conference. That's, that's it, Get off to a hot start in life, kids. It, to, to close it down, like it really is impressive. I, I love checking the standings every day. Like I was off the grid last night, and that's when I missed Ballgate with the Bucks and Pacers. Right. And there's other stuff going on in the league. But uh, it really is that hot start, which we thought in September, like, oh, you know, the Wolves need to get out to a hot start so they can we can believe in them. Like, they did it. And now it's going to pay off dividends because if Ant doesn't play again tonight— uh, Not to constantly just steal from Alan Horton, but Alan Horton had a really interesting tweet that over the next four games, kind of leave you with this stat porn, Minnesota's number one ranked defense will face the NBA's top three offenses and its top two scores. So Dallas is third in offense. Doncic is number two in points per game. Indiana on Saturday at home. Everyone should go to that. Number one offense, the Pacers. Then they play the Heat on Thursday, number 13, and they close next Wednesday against the number two offense, Philadelphia, with Embiid, who leads the league with 33.8 points per game. So it is going to be a struggle this next week. They better bring their defense. They better bring their flannels and their mustaches and try to eke out some wins uh, during the 16-game stretch. And if you're one of those sort of defeatist fans that still has Wolves PTSD, that's okay. I'm here for you, too. Mm -hmm. So you have a little bit, you said, last week. Yeah, a little bit. I try to hide it, yeah. Trying to flush it out. So the Wolves could lose 10 consecutive games and the Warriors who are in the spot right below the playoff line, the playing line would have to go eight and two in their next 10 games to tie the Timberwolves off of a 10 game losing streak. So I, I, I really without Draymond. that's a good way to put it. The, the way that they started this season, it's going to get tougher. It's going to get sludgier. They'll probably have another injury, but 
they did what they're supposed to do for that first quarter of the season. Uh, and now they just need to survive in advance. Going back to March Madness, uh, survive in advance these next three, four weeks because uh, it does get a lot easier. So tonight's another test. Uh, Kyrie or no Kyrie, um, Luka, Luka Magic is going to be fun to watch. Yep. All right, that's Kyle. I'm Phil. Thanks to Ross, our producer, and uh, Bobby Jackson for representing the Random job, Wolf Phil. of the Week. That'll be my my lone win. I'm fine. You can win 10 straight now. I got on the board. Until we find out you cheated just like Bobby Jackson, then we have to yeah. vacate it. And then I'm back to undefeated. <laughs> I had somebody passing me slips of paper. Bobby, Bobby Jackson. Uh, this is your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant House.